Let us pray. So Heavenly Father, we ask even now that you would send your spirit among us as we do indeed pray, come desire of nations, come. Fix in us thy humble home. Adam's likeness, now a face, stamp thine image in its place. We pray, Lord, this night that you would do that afresh in our lives. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good evening. You may be seated. Merry Christmas again, everyone. So glad that you are here. And good evening again to everyone watching via the live stream. We are so glad that you've joined us this evening. Just want to mention a few of our upcoming services. Um, we will be here. If you want to, you can stay and come again at 10 o'clock tonight. Um, but we will be here at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning for our Christmas morning service with Holy Eucharist. And then this Sunday, one service at 10 a.m. We a service of lessons and carols with Holy Eucharist. And then again on Sunday, January 2nd, one service at 10 a.m. There will be child care at both of the Sunday services. So would invite you to come out for those services. They will be live streamed as well. For those of you watching via the live stream who maybe aren't able to be here in person, would invite you to join us as well. And I must say, it is so good to be back together in person after the necessity last year of being all virtual. And um, so good to see all of you and to be in person together tonight. So we looked at the biblical account of Christ's birth. There are so many different directions one can go with a message on Christmas Eve, while still remaining focused on the central events that we celebrate tonight. Sometimes as we focus on the events, I think we err by slipping into what I call sentimental conceptions of what was taking place. A newborn child, a young mother, a, shining, a star shining down brightly. While all of that is true, some of the realities were quite different than anything sentimental. The location of Christ's birth was a crude setting at best. Based on descriptions, there was probably very little privacy in any of all of this, if any at all. The small town of Bethlehem was teeming with crowds at this time due to the census. And when Jesus was born, his mother laid him in a manger and a feed trough for livestock for farm animals. In a day and a culture and in a nation where childbirth nearly always is experienced in comfortable sanitary settings, whether it be in a hospital or those who opt for home births, I think it's easy to lose sight and it's difficult to grasp the crudeness and the difficulties of the setting in Bethlehem. Growing up, especially in my high school and college and even into my young adult years, I spent a lot of time working on my cousin's dairy farm, worked for them part-time and a lot of just because I enjoyed it as well. And calves and lambs and pigs and all that stuff are cute. But brothers and sisters, animal stalls are filthy. They're filthy. They smell. They're drafty. They're filled with cobwebs and spiders and bugs. And when the weather's warm, bug larva. I'll leave it at that word rather than the more nasty word. And there are rodents hiding in the corners at any given moment. And the cattle and the sheep probably that night when Christ was born spent much more time making a mess than they did lowing as we sing in a way in a manger. Which I think raises the question on many fronts, why? 
And the question I specifically want to look at tonight together is, why Bethlehem? Of all places, why Bethlehem? And there are three answers to this question I'll pose tonight that I want us to ponder together. And as we reflect on these questions, may we also come to more fully grasp what God is saying to all of us in this. So why Bethlehem? The first reason, because scripture promised that it would be Bethlehem. The prophet Micah, writing some 700 years before the birth of Jesus, foretold that the Messiah, the promised redeemer, would be born in Bethlehem. Micah 5, verse 2. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth from me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient of days." When we look at the circumstances and everything about the series of events leading to this moment, it speaks and points to God's sovereign and gracious hand. The prophesied Messiah was to be born in the birthplace of King David, Bethlehem. And he would come from David's family line, from the line of David's father, Jesse. Isaiah chapter 11 promises us that. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, And a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Only God himself could orchestrate and bring about the census of the Roman world. That would lead to a poor young couple. A virgin with child and close to delivery. Only God could bring about the necessity of them traveling more than 90 miles from Nazareth to the small town of Bethlehem in fulfillment of the prophecy given by Micah centuries earlier. Why Bethlehem? Because the scripture foretold Bethlehem and God keeps his promises. God is true to his word. Secondly, why Bethlehem? Because it was God's kind of place. Bethlehem was a paradox. It was auspicious in that it was the birthplace of David, the greatest king of Israel. Yet Bethlehem, more prominently, was inauspicious. It was a small, insignificant farm town. Removed from the power centers of society. Micah 5, 2 that I just read tells us that Bethlehem was too literal too little, excuse me, literally too insignificant to be among the clans of Judah. Bethlehem was so insignificant that it wasn't even listed by name by the Old Testament writers as being among the towns that fell to the Assyrians, even though it was. Yet God, who keeps his promises, brought to pass the birth of Jesus, the Savior of the world, in this very place. You see, Bethlehem is God's kind of place. Removed from the centers of temporal wealth and power. His grace and salvation is offered to everyone who looks to the newborn baby born in an animal stall in Bethlehem. That Christ's birth was announced to shepherds in the fields around Bethlehem also poignantly demonstrates this. And you will hear me probably say this every year at Christmas. Because we can't miss how profound of a statement God made to all the world through this. 
the announcement was first made to shepherds. Shepherds. Shepherds were on the margins of society. Shepherds were viewed by most people, especially people of um, more cultured backgrounds, as being from the seedy side of culture, from the other side of the tracks. They were very low in class and social standing. They were viewed as dishonest, as liars, as untrustworthy. A shepherd's testimony wasn't even valid in a court of law at the time. And I marvel that the announcement first came to shepherds. That's a point that cannot be missed. As Titus 2.11 from our New Testament reading this evening reminds us, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. For all people. That included the shepherds. That included those who, who were in Bethlehem for the census that very night. And that includes you and me, brothers and sisters, every single one of us. Regardless of your background, where you have come from, regardless of what you you have gone through and what has happened in your past, God, through Jesus Christ, born in a place like Bethlehem, Jesus whose birth was first announced to the shepherds, God, through this Jesus, offers new life and hope to you and me, This very night. And the angel said to them, fear not for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. Why Bethlehem? Because it speaks of God's heart and the wide reach of his grace and the new life that he offers us in Christ. Bethlehem is God's kind of place. And then third and finally, why Bethlehem? Because its very name points to God's purpose. The name Bethlehem is a compound word that comes from two Hebrew words. The first being bait, the Hebrew word bait, which means house. And then the second word, lechem, which means bread. So in Hebrew, Bethlehem literally means house of bread. Bethlehem was surrounded by fertile fields. It was, in a sense, the agricultural bread basket of the region. But through the birth of Jesus, far more importantly, Bethlehem Bethlehem became the spiritual bread basket, not just of that region, but for the entire world. Bethlehem, the house of bread is where Jesus, who said of himself, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. It was in Bethlehem that Jesus, who said this, was born. And again, in John's gospel, he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. Jesus and Jesus Christ alone satisfies the hunger of our souls and feeds us so that we will never spiritually hunger again except for more and more and more of him. We'll remember that tonight, even as we come to Holy Eucharist in a little while, where we, Father Jed, as the priest, will recite the words of Jesus, take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. 
do this in remembrance of me. And then we will feast on the body of our Lord. Why Bethlehem? Because his name points to God's incredible purpose. That in this small insignificant place, the eternal son of God, who is the bread of life for all who trust in him, came into the world. Only God, only God himself could order the circumstances and course of human history to bring all of these promises to pass. And the same God has brought each of us together here this night, Christmas Eve, December 21, both in person and for those watching on the live stream. And he has brought us together here for his purposes, not by chance, not by happenstance, not by coincidence. Instead, he has brought us here this night out of his great love for each of us to remind us of his incredible transforming and grace filled love that reaches out to you and me. He's brought us here perhaps to hear the story read and proclaimed one more time so that once again, we can rejoice in the birth of God, our savior. Or perhaps this is the first time that you've heard of God's great love for you in this child whose birth we celebrate this night. Or maybe it's not the first time that you've heard all of this. But God is speaking to you and you're hearing its meaning for yourself and how God is reaching out to you really and truly in his great love. You're hearing that for the first time. Because indeed, whether it be the thousandth time you've heard this proclaimed all the numbers are a thousand years old or the first time it's ever sunk in or the first time you've really ever heard it. It is because the grace of God has indeed appeared, bringing salvation for all people, for all who would trust in Jesus, who is the bread of life, the bread come down from heaven. And that grace of God is here for you and for me. Offering new life, offering forgiveness, offering hope, offering peace that comes from the Prince of Peace himself things that the world can never give and God's deep desire and heart to reach all of humanity through Christ is proclaimed by the fact that Christ came in a place like Bethlehem and that that announcement was first made to people pushed to the margins of society, not the power centers, not the religious elite, but so that all may come to Christ, that all may come to God and know him whom to know is life, the bread of life come down from heaven. Let us pray. Father, how grateful we are this night, this night of all nights, that Bethlehem truly became through Christ, the spiritual bread basket of the entire human race. And we are reminded this night of your incredible love for us expressed through Jesus Christ. So Father, draw us in. Draw us more fully into your love and your grace. And Lord, into your salvation. Whether we've walked with you for many years or perhaps there's someone who would make a profession of faith for the first time this night. 
knowing that Jesus does give peace, that Jesus sets free, and that he is the bread that feeds us so that we hunger no more. We thank you for this. We praise your name as we rejoice and worship you this evening. And we ask these things through Christ our Lord. Amen.